Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I'm just going to read Daniel 7, uh, just a couple of verses, because I want to bring you to the place. This is why I like movies like Dune. Has anybody seen the movie Dune? The latest movie, Dune. Okay, I have three, four, five hands, all right? I like movies like Star Wars. That hit anybody in here? Maybe a little more. Okay. I like movies that take me out of the realm that we're in into an understanding, a high understanding of what's going on in certain places. I like the 50,000-foot view of things. Thank you, Vic. Thank you. Lord, don't let me hit that. Because uh, I always said, I, would, I was a little boy in Georgia, laying on the trampoline, and I would always stare at the clouds, because in Georgia, clouds would be flat-bottomed, and they would just float over, and we'd see the rain coming from Texas, so we knew when storms were coming, because everything floated toward the east. So I would just lay on the trampoline and say, and I'd see hawks and things flying by, and I'd be like, Lord, I want to see like they see. I want to see like they see. And the Lord has been faithful to allow me to see things. And it's difficult because you seem crazy. You just seem nutty. But what's thankful is as this world gets more crazy, and the principalities and powers begin to expose themselves and show them for who they really are, It won't seem that crazy. And God has sent people beforehand like Joseph to prepare to explain the things that are coming. If you read Daniel 7, you'll find out that we're in that fourth beast kingdom now. The days of that fourth beast kingdom we are presently living in. Verse 9 in Daniel chapter 7, as I looked, come up to a high place in your thinking. Think Star Wars. Think, 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 think high, like in the cosmos now, in a courtroom seated in the heavenly realm. Come up out of your earthly thinking. Begin to see a, a thing that we don't see a lot. And Daniel says, as I looked in this vision, thrones were placed and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool, and his throne was fiery flames. So use your God-given imagination to begin to see this high and lifted up place with this Ancient of Days sitting on a throne over everything that he has made. Everything. Its wheels were burning fire. Verse 10, a stream of fire issued and came out from before him. And thousands and thousands served him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And the court set in judgment. And the books were opened. God is keeping record of everything that's happened From the very beginning of time, he's keeping a record of all things. Not only of all the things in his creation, 
but also on the things in this earth and also in our individual lives. God is so vast and so big that recording every word and every thought that I've ever had is nothing. He's so vast. We have to come up out of this caveman Christianity that we've been in for so long, and God, I'm not speaking against anyone, but we're coming into a day where we need to see, we need to be able to understand that there's so much more than what we've learned in seminary. God is opening up the eyes of His people to begin to comprehend and see the fullness of what He has given us to understand. Verse 13, the Son of Man is given dominion. So you had the Ancient of Days, the Father of Glory. And then it says, And I saw in the night vision, and behold, the clouds of heaven, there came like a Son of Man, a Son of Man, one like us. And He came, He was brought before the Ancient of Days. Can't you see Jesus on clouds just coming toward His Father? And he was presented before him. He was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. As we see the kingdoms of this earth come up and go down and come up and go down and all the chaos, the kingdoms of this world will soon become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. And He will rule and reign over all things. And this earth is just a speck part of it. So, All of us, I would think most of us, have went through interviews to get a job. And and when you go to an interview, they want to know what you've done and what experience you've had and were you faithful because we don't want to hire somebody that's going to flake out on us because, hey, we need help, you know. We need you to show up. Eight o'clock means eight o'clock. We all, by the lives that we are living today, are a living resume of how the Lord will view us when He receives His kingdoms and then divvies out managerial positions for eternity. Right now, the parable of the talents, He says, I'm giving you a talent. I'm giving you three I'm giving you five, and what you do with it will determine what I give you when I return with my reward. This is not a child's story. This is exactly what we are living in. What we do today will be rewarded for and known of it for eternity. And I want to set that stage 
so that we begin to grasp the weightiness of our life. When you come through the gate of the womb, you are now on record. You're a living human being with authority on this realm. The gate of the womb is your authority here. That's why Jesus came through the womb to do what he had to do. That's why Satan wanted to use the the women of this earth to use their womb to bring forth their authority to take over this realm. Genesis 6. Man, would I love to be here for two days and just go through this stuff little by little. Not that I know it all. Not that I think I know it all. It's just beginning to have a high view of what's really going on and what part we play in this vast thing that God is doing. Anyhow, I'll start my message now. The problem is, is people think I'm joking. Now you can see why many churches don't like me. I'm just a little too crazy. All right. How many in here have accepted Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Hallelujah. You, are, you and I are all citizens of this heavenly family. But we're on earth right now. But that doesn't change the value of who we are. We were born into a world system that is evil. And the world system around us is under Satan's power and control. All you need to do is turn on the evening news and listen to the programming and the propaganda. The world is going down the dark path just as the Lord said it would at the close of the end of this age. Daniel 7, the fourth beast, we are coming into the fourth Reich. Yeah, I said fourth Reich. The same spirit that was in Hitler is still alive on the earth because it's the spirit of Antichrist and it's all about control and allegiance and rhetoric and propaganda. And that is exactly what we have going on today, and it will continue. And according to Daniel 7, it will be given power to subdue all the saints. Wake up! Ephesians 2, verse 2, before we heard the gospel, before we all decided to believe that Christ is God, He is the Son of Man that is presented before the Father in whom the Father said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. We now receive Him and He's now living in us. The question is, is in your walk with Him, is He maturing to a place to where He can be all and live through all to do what He wants to do? He gave his body so that we could now allow him to use our body to do greater works. Oh, Mike, it doesn't matter how you live anymore, man. You're in grace. Live how you want. 
I have seen that, I have heard that, and I love grace. I'm saved by it. But the grace of God now teaches me to follow, listen, obey, and receive the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Because he's high and lifted up. He's the ancient of days. And I'll give an account. We've been given a holy spirit. We've been given a holy spirit. We've been given a holy, not unclean, holy spirit. So as we're growing in a holy lifestyle, not religious, I'm not talking about works, I'm talking about a transformed life, transformation, the spirit of God in me washing, washing me, washing me, washing me, washing me, cleansing, washing by the Word, by His Spirit, not by ancient alien documents. The tablets of Thoth. I follow all that stuff because I want to know the error that's being propagated to these generations. Yoga and the seven gates. Why are you opening up seven gates in yoga? Because you're channeling kundalini who wants to come into your seven gates. You are a menorah. You have seven lights in you. Psalms 24-7. Lift up your head, O ye gates. We don't plant ourselves to the root of the ground for a root chakra. We receive Christ Jesus, Lord. And He fills us from heaven. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came from heaven down. Not from the ground up. Just an aside, and I love this stuff. I'm not ashamed to say it. Yoga was received by a yogi, a spirit guide, fallen angel, that taught them how to open the gates. (laughs) Don't be scared of learning about these things. Gain understanding so you'll understand how the enemy works. When you work with DID people and they have multiple personalities, you got to understand how that works. We're called to destroy the works of the devil. Why do you think enemy wants trauma? Trauma. Trauma. Because it's through pain and trauma that the enemy gets in. Paul says, when we were, we were blinded and confused, our hearts were closed Sealed tight, full of darkness. We were far away from God and our minds were shut against the Lord. And we could not understand His ways pre-Christ. So capture this image in your mind. I was talking to Jim about it earlier. Think of the story of Moses and Egypt. The stories in Genesis are the beginning. Genesis means the beginning, right? Genesis. The stories in Genesis are what's playing out again today. The end will be found in the beginning. The Israelite people were born slaves in Egypt. And their life was all about building Pharaoh's kingdom. By the sweat of their brow, generation after generation, with no hope of escape or ever having freedom to live another free existence. Does that sound like what we were born into today? We have a... Social security number. 
that they know brings value. So they know if you go to work, you're going to make a certain amount of money for their system for the rest of your life. So then they loan and trade up to 40 and 80 times your value. That's another rabbit trail. But we were born at the end of days. We aren't just waiting for the book of Revelation to come. We were born midway through it. We are in the Daniel 7 fourth kingdom world. And the the pre-trib, and I'm not ripping on nobody, pre-tribulationists, well, Jesus is just going to come get us and we'll be good. Jesus sent us here to have dominion here, to rule here. This is our land. We were created out of it. We're going to just give it away? And I don't know how it works. I pray he does split the, split the eastern sky and we take off. I mean, praise the Lord. That would just be great. But he says, those who endure to the end. Well, if I'm going to get ripped out of here, why do I have to hear that? What do you mean i got to endure? He comes at the last trump. The last trump. And I don't mean Donald Trump. The last trump. But could the second phase of Trump be the last trump? I digress. But thanks be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't leave us in darkness. He didn't leave us blinded and in captivity. He set us free. What does that mean? He set my understanding free. My mind was darkened. Now my mind can begin to understand that he came and said, this is not my world. I made it, but the system of this world is not mine. Well, then whose is it? Because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his broken body and his shed blood, his death and resurrection, we are cleansed forever in Christ, and our destiny is sealed Our destiny is sealed. We have been sealed with a deposit guaranteeing, guaranteeing that we are of Him. We are His. How many struggle back and forth? You don't have to show your hand. But how many struggle back and forth? Am I really saved? Am I really right with God? Am I, am I, am I? If you have received Him, From your heart, you are now born again. You have a new nature which desires righteousness, holiness. And oh yeah, we're going to struggle. That's the whole point of Romans 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It's the whole point of it. It's the iron sharpening iron. And it's the two kingdoms, not just in this earth, but in me. I have two kingdoms in me. So who am I going to serve? There's two tables in my heart until we kick that table out, which is the table of evil. I am a temple. I am a priest that's functioning in my temple. And I have a 
most holy place, and I have a holy place, and I have an outer court. When Jesus comes to his temple, he goes, how are you operating in my temple? I want a place I can rest. I want a place I can live. Are we preparing a place for him to dwell? He wants to dwell. Well, Mike, you just said we're sealed. We are sealed. But was the temple in Ezekiel not God's temple? It was God's temple. But he showed Ezekiel, he took him to that temple, and he saw the Spirit of the Lord because of the evil that was going on in that temple. He raised his spirit up, and then he moved out from it. We have to understand that the way we live is so important. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by our works. We're rewarded by our works. We're rewarded by our works. We want Him to dwell in peace. Romans 8.14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now we just ripped through that real quick. So it's really important to hear this. Let's read it again. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? Well, what do you mean? Because we're following. We're following Him. We're following the Spirit. We're not here to just build our own house. And, and I will clarify. We're not here to just live our life. We're here to lay down our life and to pick up His will, to pick up His voice, and to follow. That's what we were made to do. New nature made. Our new nature was made to have an ear to Him, to have an eye that sees, and have a heart that's willing to follow. We're following Him. There's nothing wrong with having habits and hobbies. But if those habits and hobbies don't come from heaven, they are now things that are impeding Christ growing and fulfilling His plan in you that He made from the beginning before creation was even formed. And I know I'm yelling and I know I'm passionate. I say this nicely. It is who your brother is. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have not received the spirit of the world. Praise God. We have not, in our new nature, received the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God. That we might understand. That we might understand. That we might say it, understand. God, give me understanding. Proverbs says, and all you're getting, get understanding. Get understanding. Because your understanding will help you have the right perspective so that you live right. You're not just living a life of just sacrifice. It's the beauty of the revelation of Christ living in me. And that we'll rule and reign with Him forever. Forever. Like right now in the spirit realm, I'm probably dressed up like some military guy. Because that's the spirit that's in me. 
I've always liked order. And, and I don't mean like OCD controlling order. I mean, I, I always knew there was a rank system. I always knew, just like that centurion, one of my favorite passages, he goes, hey, Jesus, don't come to my house, bro. Say the word. Say the word. You say the word. I'm a man under authority. and You are a God most high. You are El Elyon. This centurion didn't just, just get it right by what he was saying. He understood who Jesus was. Just like the devils that would start to mouth off when Jesus would walk through a place, they knew him. How did they know Jesus? Because they know he's high and lifted up, and he's the son of the Father. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I start just looking at this and thinking about this, and I'm like walking in my backyard, and, you know, Kelsey's my neighbor, and she's probably like, what is he doing? But my mind, my understanding is dwelling. I'm seated in a heavenly place just like you have a seat. But we get so bogged down in the things of this life. Work, family, and that's not bad. Work, family. But work and family and bills and situations and COVID and propaganda that we begin to dwell under the principality system that we were born into. And God says you can live above that. It's not going to change. So rise above it. That's why he says keep your mind seated. Keep this heavenly perspective. Oh, ancient of days, you're on the throne and I'm your ambassador. So when I go to work today to the fire departments and the law enforcements, I want to be that light, not the religious guy handing out tracts to people, beating people over the head with it, but you're just talking to them. You're fly fishing with people. What do you think is going on in the earth? Because now their attention is coming. They're like sleepy people that are kind of going, what? What's, what's going on? I got to wear three masks now? And I got to get 28 boosters? You know, it's just a hybrid plan of changing your DNA. But anyhow, I digress. All right. Uh, only if I was joking. Now, Jesus died for our sins just as God our Father planned. It says that God the Father was pleased to bruise him and to crush him because he loved us so much. The Father wants us to not be lost. So Jesus, think of this. Jesus not only loved the Father so much, he loved him so much that he goes, I'll die, I'll die, I'll die, I'll die. They don't deserve it. I love them. You love them. I love them. I'm going to give them you. I'm going to give them your name. I'm going to give them your words. I'm going to give them a new birthright. They're adopted. They're new. They're in us. They're a part of the royal family, the house of El Elyon stamped on us. Are you serious? This is better than Dune. This is better than Star Wars. This is better than any Stargate movie. And we're living it. This is who we are. This is what his blood paid for. Are you kidding me? 
Is anybody relating to this? I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking for a cheer. I'm, I, I, from the heart, from the heart. I'm not playing. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm not trying to be funny. Are you relating to this? Are you relating to this? If we see our lives this way, that's how Jesus saw his life. He knew exactly what he was and who he was and what his job was to do. He knew exactly what it was. That's why he didn't engage in a bunch of foolishness. And he came to pick some guys to begin to teach them. Watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. What are you talking about? They're good people. They're reptiles. They're vipers. Jesus wasn't being cute. He told us their DNA. They're reptilian. They're vipers. They're a brood of vipers. They're an offspring of the enemy. Genesis 3, the offspring of the woman will crush your head. The offspring of the enemy will bruise your heel. There's two bloodlines on the earth. And yes, those who came out of Egypt that were of Egypt, they followed. They came out. You can be saved. You can be made new. Whatever your bloodline. That's the good news. That's the good news. Your sins are forgiven. God's not holding a record of wrong against you. That's good news. Receive it. Believe it. Walk in it. Reach one. Teach one. Reach one. Teach one. Reach one. Teach one. Over and over and over and over and over. If what Bob Jones and Paul Kane and Mike Bickle and that whole crowd, if what they saw was true, there are a billion souls coming into the kingdom during this fourth kingdom that's being established on this earth. And it will be us that have to begin to disciple and teach and let the word of God come out of our mouth. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. Practicing His presence so we can hear. Lord, open up my ears. Thank you that you've given me ears to hear. You said, I've given them eyes to see and ears to hear. I don't believe the lie of the enemy that says, you can't hear, you can't see. That's a lie. Man, it's almost time. I'm on page two. I might just have to just say it all in 30 seconds. I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. Your spirit is sinless. What do you mean by that, Mike? You were born of the Holy Spirit. It's our soul. It's our mind, will, and emotion that need to be transformed. And how do we transform our soul? Okay, let me uh, get, I want to talk about strongholds. <clears throat> the main battlefield in following the Lord is our mind. Our greatest battles are fought in the battlefield of the mind, our thoughts. <clears throat> we must begin to believe wholeheartedly what the Word says about us and don't believe for one minute anything else our adversary or others say to condemn, confuse, and detour us 
from the truth that's in Christ. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world. He's not talking to unbelievers here. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Basic scriptures, all of you have heard these before. But the question is, is are we doing it? By testing, that by testing, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Are you testing the things that come in your mind? Are you even aware of the things that are in your mind? You know, I, this is a rabbit trail. But when people do drugs, they begin to understand that there really is, like, realms. Because in their spirit, they still know, like psychedelics, they'll go, oh my, I'm seeing things and I'm aware of things that I've never seen or been aware of. I'm not advocating psychedelics. But what I'm saying is that we get so caught up in this world that we don't even realize what our own thoughts are. When I wake up in the morning, before my eyes open, I say this a thousand times, but it's just the truth. Before I even open up my eyes, I'm aware. I'm going, did I sleep good? Did I feel restful? What am I sensing in my spirit? Is something telling me to do something? So I try to run my business by, if a gnome fire department pops up in my head while I'm in that pre-sleep numbness, I call gnome fire department. If I'm thinking about Johnny or Robert or Vic or Larissa or whoever, Sid, if that pops in my, on the screen of my mind or comes up in my spirit, I move on it. Jesus got up early to spend time with the Lord to get that very thing from the Father to know, oh, I'm calling Nathaniel today. He'll be under the tree. Okay. Set your mind, Colossians 3, 1 through 5. Set your mind on things that are above, the things that Jesus taught from heaven, not on things that are on the earth. Okay. As citizens of the kingdom, we are given weapons to fight our spiritual enemies. We have been given weapons, and they're not carnal weapons. 2 Corinthians 10.4, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments that exalt themselves against the knowledge of what the Lord says, against what the Lord has told you in the Word, not in psychedelics or something, in the Word of God. Because this ain't just a book of words it actually forms the word in you. And the more you read this and pray it and think on it, a substance begins to form, a weightiness begins to form on the inside of you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you get up and speak, they say, Who is this? He speaks like one with authority. You don't get authority by playing video games 12 hours a day. You get authority by spending time in His presence, letting His presence settle in you, confessing your sin, 
Watching how you talk to people. Watching how you walk with people. Watching your internal motives. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You're so aware of your inner life that you are more real on the inside than what people see out here. That's what it is. Jesus was living. He was God's son. He knew everything he created. Do you understand what was going on inside of him? And he's down here talking about, arguing about bread. We need to go buy some bread. I'm not laughing at them. I do the same thing. Jesus goes, how long do I have to put up with you guys? He said that in his humanity. And that wasn't a sin. Husbands say this about their wives. Wives say this about their husbands. I've looked at my kids and I go, when will they be 20? But we had this new thing called delayed adolescence. Now they're in their 40s playing video games. Not in my house. Now, strongholds can keep us from growing and maturing in our walk with the Lord. Who wants to grow and mature in their walk with the Lord and have a weightiness on the inside of them that's speaking to them, showing them what to do, giving them wisdom, giving them words of knowledge, letting them see in the spirit realm high and lifted up where we have been seated. Who wants that? Who wouldn't want that? Well, what's impeding your progress is strongholds in your mind. The things you believe. He wants nothing more. The adversary wants nothing more than for us to be defeated and ineffective while we're here on earth. He truly wants to kill, steal, and destroy our faith. Listen. That's just not a story. Satan hates you. He hates you. Mike, quit using that word. Listen, I'm declaring what it says. Satan wants to murder you, your faith. He wants to come in to the door when you give him access so he can take the throne of God, which is your heart. He hates us. And you must come to realize that this is not just a light matter. He is actively working against you. Satan is actively working against you. Do you believe it? Do you walk in that reality of an understanding of being alert? Guarding, being alert. The reason Paul said that, the reason Peter said that, the reason John said that, the reason James said that, the reason Jude said that, the reason the prophet said that, is because it's true. It's true. We have an adversary, and he doesn't want your marriage to work. He doesn't want your kids to follow. He doesn't want your boss to like you. He doesn't want you to get anything that God wants you to have. He comes to steal it. He comes to kill it and destroy it. That is the truth. And you guys are probably going, we had the wildest guy at church. Well, I'll say this. If I'm right, I'll see y'all in glory 
when God's saying, well, son, you were pretty crazy, but I'm going to give you this region. Rule it. And you guys will see me. Who's that crazy guy? He's actually sitting on a throne over here. We laugh. We laugh. I hope this is stirring in your heart something that the enemy's going, oh, no! He's waking them up to their reality! Listen, why does Paul say, put on your armor? Because you're not floating on clouds. You're in a war. There was a brother that I respect and love, but he gets on Facebook, big teacher. And he goes, God's family is not a military unit. I'm thinking to myself, oh. And the enemy's provoking me to say something. Provoking me to. I'm just like, I bless him in the name of Jesus. I pray that the eyes of his heart and his mind would, would come alive with your understanding, Lord, and I pray blessings over him. So he has influence. Now you understand how great and important influence is. I would much rather tell you that the enemy wants to kill you and that you have been made in the righteousness of God and you need to begin to live it. That's safe. That's safe. All right. Here we go. Our adversary takes advantage of the lies he has us believing. He knows if he can keep these lies deeply rooted and concealed in our heart and mind that he can keep us from causing his kingdom too much trouble. Once the enemy begins to find areas of your non-awareness, you're not aware. Thoughts that we are not taking captive to the obedience of Christ. You mean I have to bring every thought captive? That is what it says. I will tell you, when I was 16, 17, and got hit with this revelation, and I and I'm not say this because I don't want everybody to know it, but I come from a crazy background. I'm SRA. You want to go find out what that means, go figure it out. But I came from not so good bloodline. And when I began to see the voices that were just in my head, like, like the fair, like while you're right in the middle of an Alaska fair and you got the carousel running with the music playing and the carts that are spinning around with rock and roll music and kids crying and pop, balloons popping and popcorn and rat races. And, and it's just like so noisy and loud. And I'm like, which way should I go? What should I do? And the Lord spoke to me audibly and said, You will be found in me. Listen to what I say. And slowly, it was a process, but slowly voices and noises began to fall to the ground. Wayside, wayside. Mike, how many counselors did you go to? One. Believe what he said. Believe what he says. If you're fragmented and you have dissociative disorder, God can heal that. Amen. Once the lie is established and that traumatic entity's job is done, it integrates, you move forward. God's all about restoration. Yeah. Not scary. You have the ruler of the kingdoms of this 
world and the galaxy, if you're not a flat earth person, God's over all of it and he's dwelling in you. Don't you think he wants these people set free, healed, and delivered? He came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what our business is. But if we don't destroy the works of the devil on the inside of our own mind, will, and emotion, how can we do anything everywhere else? That's why Jesus said, there will be many in that day that will say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils. We spoke in your name. We built all these ministries. And then the Lord says, you guys could repeat it. I never knew you. I love you. Don't get me wrong. I know you. I know who you are. I have record books of everything you've ever said and thought. But you did not come to know me. Because when you know me, you'll begin to walk with me in suffering and pain and, and, and miscommunication and being misunderstood. And we find out that when you walk with suffering and misunderstanding by the people that you love, he was wounded in the house of his friends. You begin to find out, he says, rejoice, rejoice. You're following me. I hope that makes sense. But the joy, the river of the Holy Spirit that begins to just get wider and wider and faster and deeper as I'm going through these difficulties and bringing my thoughts captive and saying no to my carnal appetites and my evil desires, the Spirit of God begins to grow in me. And now I have a class 5 rapid inside of me that makes me act like this. Okay, it's exhausting after you've captured enemies in your thoughts all day long. When, you knew, when new people come into the kingdom, man, it's like candy. I'm like, hey, sit down. When did you get saved? Did you see anything? Did you hear anything? I want to see if their ears are open to the spirit realm, their eyes. Because they, their spirit eyes are open. It's like Neo when, when he's laying on the table and he goes, Morpheus, my eyes are hurting. He goes, it's the first time you've used them. Don't you see the privilege of pastors and equippers and to, to be able to go, oh, this is a new baby. This is precious. And the enemy wants to destroy him from the get-go. So we've got to get around him and start talking to him and begin to give him perspective. Okay. One after the other, the thoughts are coming. But I assure you, like anything that is new, after practicing... These new tools of awareness and bringing your thoughts captive, you will soon become a hard target for the enemy as your gates to the old nature are slowly closing as less and less lies can come through due to your fighting off the fiery darts and daily lies as you push out these lies from within you as you put a watchman at the gate of your mind on alert doesn't the scripture say guard your heart be on guard be fully aware the enemy's ground has been taken by the weapons of your own warfare which are mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds all right Satan has been working on you from a young age and his goal is being 
to build a fortress within you, a tower of darkness in you as a temple for Satan himself. Jesus said, we are temples. You who are in Christ, you were once a temple, a worship center for Satan. But now in Christ, you are God's temple where he dwells and rules as we fight off any attacks from the enemy that will steal our faith remove, and try to remove God from the throne of our heart. This is an active battle. It's happening right now. It's happening right now in the minds of everyone in here. This is, this is, what, this is the world we live in. Jesus said, quit saying in six months to the harvest. This is right now. If I were to give each one of you a microphone and hit you with a dart that says you have to tell the truth and you can't say anything but the truth, I guarantee you people would be going, not everybody. Some would be like, I can't stand that guy. I want to shoot him. And then another thing would be like, I think he's right, but I'm just too fearful. You know, I mean, like, we could just go around and hear things. What's playing in your mind? What's being said in your mind? How do you discern Satan, your thoughts, and God's thoughts? It's a great, it's a great thing. Sat there for years going, I test that spirit. Lord, is that you? Is that the enemy? Or is that me? Because I know I have so much self in me. Is that me? You know, like, this is the training wheels 101. But, but, but when you talk to people that have been in Christ for 40, 50, 60 years, this is not a knock on them. They, they have never done it. Right. And you're like, but that's okay. You can start today. Right. You can start today taking ground in your own land. Yeah. Remember Joshua and Caleb. I'll finish with this. Remember Joshua and Caleb. They were back, you know, crossing the Jordan is symbolic of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the first place they stopped at was uh, Gilgal, which was the place of cutting. They had to be circumcised. Because there was a group in the wilderness over 40 years that they just got slack on that. And they didn't circumcise them. So God was mad with Moses, another one of Moses' you know, oversights. Because he didn't circumcise the younger people. Didn't obey the Lord. So all the cities that Joshua and Caleb began to take by the leading of the Lord, key point, by the leading of the Lord, they stop in the wilderness before the promised land. In Numbers 33, it said they stopped in 42 places. God was trying to develop things in them in 42 places. We have more than 42 places in our hearts. And we laugh and say it took them 40 years to get there. I'm 52. And I don't even know if I've seen AI yet. You just think about that. Bro. The ground that God wants you to take is the ground of your own heart and your own soul. So that now, when you're planting good seed, and you're seeing good crops come up in your life, this is Paul, remember he said, I have three analogies for you. Pray about them, God will give you insight. That was, the, that was Paul saying, come into the deep water. Focus on this. When you're in your quiet time with, with Jesus, 
the early morning and the middle of the night whenever he chooses to wake us up. We spend time with him, and he goes, what do you think that means about the athlete? Well, I just know if I'm going to go CrossFit or if I'm going to go run a marathon or a triathlon, I've got to do some training. I've got to, like, eat a good diet, and I've got to start, like, making right decisions. I can't stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching Netflix. I've got to actually begin to train myself. Paul goes, that's good. Because physical exercise profiteth little, but spiritual exercise profiteth much. And get this, and Paul says, not only for this life, not only for this physical age, but for the one to come. Remember the resume. Remember the resume. God is watching your life, and he's making decisions, and he already knows what he's doing. It was settled before the earth was formed, but it's almost like if we think this way, he's going, can I put him over that? Can I trust him? If you're faithful with little, you'll be given. All right. So I just want to say this. Uh, Satan, remember in Genesis 4? I'm no joke. I had 38 pages. Uh, Genesis 4, Cain, Cain wanted to, was wanting to kill Abel. Well, already you got one seed and then another seed. The seed war starts immediately. Why does Cain want to kill Abel? Just read it. The spirit of Antichrist operating in Cain already. Maybe it's because he was of a different seed. But even if he wasn't, he was allowing those thoughts and those emotions to control him. Who's leading him now? Who's leading him now? Like, I mean, seriously, in that story, who is leading him? A murderer. A spirit of murder. Wow. And then God has a conversation with Cain, and he goes, Hey, why are you so downcast? If you just do right, will I not bless you? And he goes... Be careful, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Be careful. Sin is crouching at the door of your heart and mind. Remember when Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, uh, Hey, I'm knocking at the door of your heart and mind. Give me the key of access. Give me the key of access into your life. And then Satan comes. You don't like that guy anyhow. Let me in. I'm of you, man. Come on. I'll give you some things. Satan was kicked out of heaven because of his trading. Let's make a trade. Come on. Let's work a deal. I mean, are you kidding me? We are a citadel. That's what that little church I ran for three years, which was just a blip on the screen. And I didn't feel to do it anymore. Uh, it was just an assignment. But, but for three years, we talked about these things every Friday night in depth, almost to the point where people would just, like, almost... Be exhausted. Okay, Mike, you've said this 7,000 times. But, but you don't understand. The more you train, the more you train, the more you train, you'll gain discernment. Through training, you gain discernment. And then you'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, something will just pop in your head, and you're like, in the name of Jesus, you break that fiery dart, and you throw it on the ground. Because that fiery dart, the fiery dart has an anointing from the enemy on it that when it hits your heart or hits your mind, it brings cloudiness and a chaos 
So now you're kind of been inoculated like the animals in the bush. All of a sudden they're woozy and they don't really know what's going on. And Satan gains access. That's how it works. So amen. Father, I just thank you, God. For the truth of your word. And the realness of it. God, if there's anything I ask God today is that somehow they were they came through the gate of understanding, that they came through a new way of seeing. God, even those that already see and know, I know there's people in here that know this, but God, I'm asking you for a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation. For those that are coming, they, they would have laborers in the field. God, you want laborers in the field that have understanding, that know how to operate. And it's not about them building their own thing. (laughs) We have to be about one another, people. We have to be about what's really happening. Father, I give you praise and thanks. And I thank you for the joy and the fellowship of your spirit that's in us as we spend time with you. And I thank you for this house and these people and their servant hearts. God, I just love them. And I bless Nancy and Mark and everybody that's established this place years ago. Lord, I'm looking for a place where your spirit has planted a menorah, where you have established a community to raise up righteousness, Trees of righteousness that will rip through the streets of Anchorage and Palmer and Wasilla in the state. And they'll understand the principalities that are there and how they're operating. And we begin to act in the different spirit. Wherever there's poor, we give. Wherever there's anger, we love. And we begin to see the kingdom of Satan crumble over Alaska. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.